me today. I want to talk to you with the help of the Lord. Um, I was getting ready to go into the uh, road to Calvary, but as of tomorrow, as of today, we have six more Sundays till Easter, so it's still a little ways off, but it's uh, it will be here as soon as can be. Uh, I think it'll be here faster than what Christmas left. So, so if you think Christmas was just around the corner, then you'll know that Easter's just around the corner. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to feel his presence. I want to talk to you today with the help of the Lord on the subject, no respect of persons. No respect of persons. James, in James 2 and 1 says, My brother, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord of glory with respect of persons? For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in godly apparel, and there come also in, or in also, a poor man of vel raiment. And ye have respect for him that weareth the gay clothing, and saying unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou and sit under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and have become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hearken not, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and the heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor, do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that holy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the, and I must have cut it off. Praise God. So, okay, there it is up there. Of the law of the transgressors. I cut it off on my notes. All righty. Praise God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move upon this place. Lord, help us to feel your presence and your spirit. And God, I'm going to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. In the creation of God, God created all things. All things were created by God. Praise God. And when you observe the miraculous works of God, you cannot help but sense the awe of the many different varieties or the many different uh, variety, uh, verifications or varieties of creatures. Uh, the distinction between the, the, uh, the species and the difference among individuals such as animals and, and everything else. Every human being whom God hath created, praise God, he created man in his own image. But in every creation, there are differences. There's differences. Some are short, some are tall. Some are dark-haired, some are blonde-haired. 
So unique are these members of God, praise God, that creation that they, but each one of us has our own fingerprint, praise God, and can be known by our own fingerprint. Praise God. The awesomeness thing about God's creation is that he created all things and that he created all things individual, but he also created us with some things that are different than everyone else. There are so many distinctions in his creation. Praise God. But it is very clear that God made them all. And when he made them all, he said it was good. For instance, in Genesis, he divided the day from the night. Praise God. And it is a wonderful thing. There's a big difference between the day and the night. He divided the atmosphere, such as the sea, from the land. Finally, God made the difference between man and woman. He created them in a different way. Praise God. And he made them in a different way. God established the difference between the man and the woman, both Praise God. In the normal source and also the attraction so that we're attracted to each other. Praise the Lord. He made us different, but there are some similarities. All of the acts that God made, he made us, amen, separate and different. When God divided the seas from the land, the fruit trees were able to grow. When he divided the day from the night... We could have the normal light to sleep and the night to rest or to regenerate. When he created both male and female, he made them with the ability to reproduce and to move forward and to have children. Praise God. He made them, amen, different, but he made them different for a purpose. There is no room in this world, in God's world, for discrimination or prejustice. It is just, it is unjust and unfair for people in this world to display their prejustice towards others. Praise God. But the thing of it is, God has always been fair and God has always been just. Psalms 98 and 9 says, For he is come to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the peoples with their equality. Praise God. He makes them equal. God looks at mankind as equal. The Bible said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. It was not because he was not equal with them. It was because of their desires and the life they lived that caused him to judge them. God does not show partiality or favoritism. I have watched parents as they've showed partiality and favoritisms towards children. I have watched people in leadership who has showed favoritism and partiality towards different people. Praise God. When, people, when Peter opened his mouth in the book of Acts and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Praise God. When he was talking about the world, he was not talking about plants, animals, trees, and etc. He was talking about humanity. It was a blank each coverage that he used for the whole world. God loved the whole world. 
He loved all of humanity, everyone that's ever created, God loved. And if God doesn't change my message tonight, I'm going to be talking about the depth of the love of God. But God loved the whole world, everyone. Every one of us, God loves, and every one of us, God cares for. We can choose and pick who we love or choose and pick who we care for, but God loves the whole world. You remember, you remember that song, that child's song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. Praise God. You probably know the verses. It says, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. The, the amazing thing is those little children grow up. And Jesus still loves them. Praise God. These words reflect how God feels towards all of mankind. But you see, we have a history of separation. There have been a time of separation when people became separate. The first separation came from Adam and Eve in the garden. When Adam had more freedom in the garden than he had, mankind had ever had. Amen. The only restriction that Adam had in the Bible or in the garden was one thing. And you know what it was? It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam could not take of it. It was the only restriction that Adam had. There was no separation. There was no feeling of not being loved from God. There was no feeling of him and Eve having a relationship with God and being loved of God. They were, not, they were not separate from one another. They were not separate from God. There was a unity there. There was a love there like no man could ever experience. But had Adam had to deal with that situation. He had to go from a perfect to an imperfect environment. Because he had no sin to fall. Because there was no sin before the fall. There was no death, no sickness, no pain. Adam had no worries, no concerns. <clears throat> Give me one second there. I was uh, listening to my Bible yesterday, and the prophet in the Old Testament did something, and he sneezed seven times. And just then, I don't know if it's mental or what, but I started to sneeze. So I thought, I'll count them. I only did it three times, but praise God, I thought, you know, Maybe, seven, maybe, Lord, maybe I'll sneeze seven times. Who knows? And I didn't pull it on or anything, and I did two, and then after a couple seconds, I did the third time, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. But the prophet, he, he did something, I forget what it was, and he sneezed seven times, and I thought, hmm, amen. So we know that when a preacher has to sneeze, it's not that he isn't in the will of God, huh? But anyways, back to the lesson. Adam had no worries in that garden. He had no concerns. He had no responsibilities. The only responsibility he had was to take care of the garden and to plant it. And I don't know about you, but I kind of enjoy doing that. He had no limitations was placed upon Adam. Praise God. There, it was small. Amen. He, there was no separation. Praise God. The only separation, once again, was the... Was the um, was the tree of the good and evil. But Adam and Eve failure in the garden had opened that door to cause a, a separation to mankind. 
They paid a great price for their sin. Amen. When they were expelled from the garden, now they had to deal with separation. There's where separation come in. And because God, Adam and Eve was separate from God, they felt a separation from one another. And so their separation came. And because, to be honest with you, because most people cannot accept themselves, they cannot accept someone else. Because they do not approve of themselves, they do not approve of other people. That's where that comes from, basically in the depths. If you find somebody that does not accept you, amen, it's basically because they don't accept themselves. If you will accept them, they will accept you. And so, praise God, it's the acceptance of the thing. And so Adam and Eve felt that non-acceptance. And because of that, amen, Cain, amen, felt the rejection of God. Cain did what he shouldn't have done and felt the reject rejection. And because Adam and Eve's rejection from God and because of their division, so there's where division came in. Praise God. Moreover, they would watch that condition of sin as it spread through their children. So sin also not only divided them from God, but it divided them from each other. Because the Bible says that when Cain killed Abel, listen to this, praise God. Cain killed Abel, he separated himself from the family. Because God came down and he said, behold, thou hast, because God told him, he said, you're going to be a mark upon you. Now you're going to be divided from the rest. And I, I read a lot of the, the old stuff. Brother, of course he would like this one. I read all the old stuff about how God divided Cain. And there was a lot of things in there. Praise God. But the most funniest of all was he had a horn that grew out of the middle of his forehead. I was like, okay, good. I don't know what God did to make it a mark upon Cain. But now Cain was divided from his family. He was different from his family. And that's the tool that the devil wants to use. He wants to cause division. He wants to cause division, praise God. And so Cain said to the Lord, he said, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face, and shall be hid. And I shall be a fug fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass when everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Galatians 4 and 14. So now Cain was not only divided from God, but Cain was divided from one another. And that's what God, or that's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to cause division. Amen. In the Tower of Babel, when God looked down in their unity, God himself, the creator of the heavens and earth, God, the one who's in control of all things, says, this gets my attention because they are united. What could God do if Satan can do that much with the united people that he has? What could God do if his church was united? If his people were united. The sad state is that America is now divided. We're divided against the police. We're divided against the government. We're divided against husbands and wives. We're divided between wives and their children, or I'm sorry, parents and their children. We're divided with one another. 
a political thing could make us so wrapped up that we would divide from our best friends? Come on. I have long decided that politics was not going to go through this pulpit. Praise God. We are not concerned about who is in office. We're concerned about who's saved. Praise God. And when we get so wrapped up in politics over this pulpit, then we're not dealing with salvation of the soul. When God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain, something snapped in Cain. A jealousy, a fire ignited him and consumed him. In Genesis 4 and 5 says that he was very wroth and his countenance fell. Later Cain found his brother and he slew him. He, he basically divided him from himself. He, set, he sent him into death. And as a, recall, uh, as a result of Cain's sin... God placed a curse upon him, saying, Thou art cursed in the earth. Praise God. And the tillest the ground. Praise God. You see, the first family was already ex was expelled from having a, the garden. Now they are expelled from each other. Now because of his sin, amen, he was separated from God. What a terrible judgment to be separated from God. What a terrible judgment to be separated from one another. You see, sin displaced the family, and now it displaced the family from the family. God had set his mark upon Cain. Praise God. Whenever a mark is set, let me give you a, a little bit of analogy of sin. There was a story of a young of a of a parent that told his son. He said, you know, son, he said, the, the power company, he had, we lived in a trailer. He said, the power company set a brand new pole out there to put our electric on. He said, there's something I want you to do. He said, when you commit a sin, he said, I want you to go out and I want you to nail a nail in that pole. He said, and when you ask God for, to forgive you of that sin, he said, I want you to pull that nail out. One day he went by, his son was standing there crying, looking at the pole. And the father said, what's wrong? I don't see no nails. And he's like, yes, you may not, but you see where the nails has been. That brand new pole no longer looks brand new. And that's the problem with sin. We can pull the nails of forgiveness out, but we still have to deal with the effects of our past. I just thank God that God says your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more or hold against you no more. Praise God. It's a separation. Sin separates us from God. Every time we sin, we are separated from God. We say we love God. If we love him, we will not sin, the Bible tells us. Praise God. Because we will want to be close to God. Amen. There's a religious separation. God has always stressed separation from the world and his people. He gave his people commandments and created boundaries to keep them separated from sin. Our diets should be separated. Our dress, our demeanor, our talk, our actions, our walk, where we go, what we see, what we hear, 
they are be separated from the things of sin. You know, people talk about holiness and people talk about righteousness. And holiness and righteousness are true and good. But holiness and righteousness have to come by a desire to live for the Lord. It cannot be mandated. It cannot be made. It cannot be, you know, preached. Uh, it can pre be preached or be acknowledged, but it cannot be enforced by the pastor. Holiness is something that you've got to want to do in your own heart. Praise God. People get irritated because I don't get up and do a lot of holiness or a lot of you know, holy living. And I do talk about holiness, but on the other hand, it is not my enforcement of holiness that ought to make you want to live holy. It is your desire to live holy that ought to make you live holy. Praise God. It is not my enforcement that ought to make you worship. It ought to be your desire to worship that will make you worship. Praise God. It needs to come from your heart. But holiness is there. It is a separation from the world. If we want to be next to God, we need to be separate from the world, praise God, and to separate ourselves from the world. God knew that if his people blend with worldly elements, they would uh, be contained or be uh, contaminated by sin and the concepts and the practices of sin. Praise God. The Bible said, present your body a holy sacrifice, living unto the Lord. Praise God. And not be conformed to this world. Do not let this world conform you, but be ye transformed. What? By the new renewing of your mind. Praise God. It is not possible to be worldly and holy at the same time. We need to separate ourselves from this world. Praise God. So that we're not separated from God. It is not possible to be worldly and holy. We got to be one or the other. It is true that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Praise God. This world is not my home. You can 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. We are not of the world. We aren't to isolate ourselves from the world. We're to live in the world, but we're to reach the people of this world for Jesus Christ. We do not climb in with them. We throw them a life preserver, which is the word of God, and we pull them out. Praise God. We can only reach them by the gospel of the Lord and to reach upon them. But religious was not intended to separate people from people. It is been the, that's been the case for many centuries, though. Religion has separated people more than even government. Amen. Many of the wars that have been fought in the past are fought over religion. That's why leadership uses religion, because people will die more for religion than they will for the government. So they'll bring religious into it. I mean, there have even been religions that has made salvation a part of fighting in war. If you fight in war, then you will go to heaven. And people without the Bible, the word of God, were so uneducated about it. They believed it and acknowledged it and went on. Aren't you glad you got the King James Bible? Yeah. Praise God. Whether it be between the Protestants and the Catholics in Ireland, or the Jews and the Muslims in Iran or Iraq, or some other religious differences. It separated the people. God does not want people to be separated by religion. Even our own 
salvation. God does not want us to be separated. Do you know it takes two to tangle? It takes two to tangle. It takes two to fight. If you're fighting with someone, it takes two. You only should really argue and fight over your own rights. Other than that, you ought to just leave it alone. Praise God. He wants the holy to be separate from the unholy, but it is not his will that men draw, do not draw close to him. Worship and to obey him in his word and his love, to love one another. This is only possible when we embrace, praise God, the presence of the Lord and in truth. You see, the Lord is without respect. Respecter of persons. There's no respect of person. In the early first century, there was extreme prejudice in Israel. The Samaritans was a group of people that was hated by the Jews. Praise God. The Jews hated the Samaritans. Samaritans were a mixed breed of Jew and Gentile. Now, God used the Jew because he wanted to bring in the salvational message. But the salvational message wasn't just for the Jew. Where the Jew got mixed up was they felt that the salvational message was just for them. Praise God. That's why I don't like the doctrine of predestination. I'll let that sink for a minute. Predestination means that when you were born, God predestined you to heaven or hell. How can any of this make any sense if you believe in the doctrine of predestination? Once again, aren't you glad you know the Bible? Praise God. Samaritans were a mix of Jew and Gentile. For when heathen kings conquered the nation, they took them into their own country captive, and they began to intermix with them. They began to be uh, intermixed breed. In Israel, the descendants of the Gentiles and the Hebrews were called Samaritans. The Hebrews and the heathen Gentiles also considered them as half-breeds, and they were prejudiced against them. When the Jews were traveling from the southern province of Judah to the northern province of Galilee to keep from even passing through Samaria, they would go through the wilderness. But such was not the case of Jesus. Do you all remember his words? We must needs to go through Samaria. Praise God. I must needs see a woman at the well. And he looks at his disciples and he says, I need you to go down to the farthest McDonald's and bring us back lunch so that you don't mess up what I'm going to do with this young lady that's going to come to the well. He had to send them away. Praise God. He asked her, he said, give me a drink. And her acknowledgement was, you know, pre-justice. How is it that thou being a Jew askest me a drink, which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Praise God. It was that deep-seated animosity that the Jew had against the Gentile. 
that caused her. Even Peter in the book of Acts, God had to use something three times that Peter wasn't allowed to have, such as the pig to eat. He used it three times to get it through the thick-headed of Peter in the book of Acts. And then later in the, in the Gospels, Peter, when the Gentiles were there, he ate with them and everything was fine. But when the Jews come, Peter went off and sat with the Jews and pretended like as if he had nothing to do with the Gentiles. Don't you hate people who are two-faced? Have you ever had anybody in your life that was two-faced with you? That pretended like they knew you and was your best friend, but when somebody else come around, their actions changed. That always bothers me when that happens. Praise God. That always bothers me. We live in a world of a classless society. Or I'm sorry. Or I'm sorry. Our world is far from a world of classless society. Amen. We have many things that call our attention to who we are, what we are. Praise God. We categorize people in classes, their status, their social, how smart they are racially. Not to mention their gender, their religion, their age, their family, their physical feature. You can't date that boy. Do you know what his family is like? Praise God. We live in that kind of world. But you know what? Thank God to God, all people are the same. And if we're really his people, we ought to be the same. To him, there's no difference from the rich, the poor, the intelligent, the ignorant, the beautiful, the ugly. Thank God for that one. The noble, the common. He loves and treats everyone the same. So should we. Can you say amen to that? In the different from, or I mean, it is different. For many to look beyond a person's clothing, color, skin, speech, personality, smell. But God does. Praise God. God does. Amen. How small-minded it must be indeed. Praise God. God made us all different to bring us about with various strengths and abilities. May God help us to be more Christ-like in accepting people. You know, Paul talked about, or I'm sorry, James talked about the rich and the poor. In the same way that numbers with religious separate people, it does with money. Amen. We generally divide people according to the class of money that they have. Money determines. I have to tell you this. I went to a bank one day when we first started the church. Due to the fact that we had a church, we had to have a checking. Due to the fact that we had a personal checking. Due to the fact that I had a business, I had to have a checking. I pulled up to the bank, and I wanted to cash a check. And the lady inside said, and I probably had an old beat-up truck. The lady inside said, real smart, she says, praise God, do you have a checking with us? And I just was... Just couldn't withhold it. I looked at her and I said, I'll have you to know I have three business check-ins with you. Oh, Mr. White, she says, I will cash that. Boy, I'm glad she didn't look in them check-ins. They probably only had $60 each. Praise God. You know, 
I had a friend, he had a, um, he, they put out potipories, and he had potipories, and he just dressed, he dressed, just, he just, he dressed, sometimes he dressed for two days straight. And he went to buy a truck, a $60,000 or $70,000 truck. He walked in, and none of the older men, salesmen, you've seen it, Mark, wouldn't deal with him. And so they threw this young man at him. And the young man sold him a truck, and he paid him in cash. Praise God. You, it's just crazy. But we do. We, we divide people. We divide them by their houses, the way they live, the way they... And you know what's so sad about this? I wish I could go on for an hour on this. It is so sad because there are people that are so financially overextended because they want to be known in a higher class. They'll buy houses they can't afford. And when you know their background, they can't afford it. But on Facebook, they've got their four-wheelers. They've got this. They've got that. They've got this. They've got that. Amen. But they just, you know, why are we doing that? Why are we paying interest out the nose just so we could be well-known? I was in a house one time that was so elaborate, so elaborate, and I was working. And want the owner's son brought his friend home. And his friend was just looking at this house. And he kept saying to this, this owner's wife, him and the, the owner, the wife. He kept saying, this is such a big house. This is a beautiful house. And she finally stopped him. She said, let me tell you something. She says, the reason that I have this big a house is because I've got a lot of kids. You're a single child. That's why you don't have a big house. And he was like eight or nine years old. And instead of making him jealous, she tried to help him out. And I thought, I like you. Praise God. We live the kind of life, amen, amen, where we, we live on that. We go on money. We go on education, how educated a person is. The separation of class, amen, is not one, a one-sided situation. The wealthy generally do not want to associate with the poor, but the poor also feel uncomfortable with the rich. Praise God. We live in a carnal world of wealth. How about the Fortune 500 list? Praise God. God is no respecter of persons. As you grow in Christ, you should be like them. I had who's who in America call me one day. said, we'd like to have you on who's who in America. I'm like, okay. But it's going to cost you. <laughs> no thanks. Click. Praise the Lord. I, uh, they call me today. I don't want to be known. Credit cards are calling me right and left, wanting me to take a credit card. Praise God. It almost kind of looks good to have bad credit. You don't get bothered as much. Amen. <laughs> Who's who in America? You know, Christians need to consider their example Christ. Christ, amen, was the God that created the heavens and the earth, but he was not past robing himself in humanity. Praise God. He was the king of kings and the lord of lords, but he did not mind stopping to meet the Samaritan woman at the well. How about the old and the young? David said with himself, Psalm 71 and 8, he said, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, 
forsake me not. Do you realize that sometimes the value of a person is what they do for us? And when people get so old that they are not able to perform like they used to, they become less valuable to us, even to the point in this world to where they want to do euthanasia. Praise God. You know, we do identify with each other according to age. We, there's a, there is an age difference. And sometimes, you know, as we get older, I watched my grandkids and I watched my kids. When they were young, they wanted a lot of attention. When they got older, I wanted a lot of attention. <laughs> I just made that up. That's good. When they were young, they wanted a lot of attention. Now that they're old, I want a lot of attention. Praise God. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Amen. There's an age difference. And that age difference, praise God, works with us. Praise God. But you see, God is ageless. He does not, hate men have age problems. God came in the flesh. He was born of a woman, of a baby. He grew into manhood. But he was also known as ancient of days. He, understood better, he understands better th than anything the difference. How about, amen, cliques and classes? Amen. Cliques is obviously a result of vain pride. It is a feeling that I am better than another. You know, let me just say this. There is a difference between understanding the difference of culture and the difference of anything else. There is, there is a difference there. But on the other hand, we are, amen, equal in the eyes of God. To act as if though one is better is hypocritical. And God despises that. Often, negative responses come from those who are insecure of themselves, which I talked about that. Praise God. But God led the proper example to those in Psalms one. 38 and 6, it says, Though the Lord be high, yet he has respect unto the lonely. God reaches to us with love. He loves and he treats everybody on an equalness. So when you look at the prayer of Jesus, the one thing that God constantly deals with, he constantly deals with unity. Five times Jesus prays for unity. He knew the importance of unity. If we could come together tonight and just only care about the worship of the Lord and be unified one with another. And unity says, I don't have to do it. You can do it. I, I mentioned it the other night, Wednesday night. There was a day when churches would come together and somebody that went into leadership, they would look around and said, who wants to take it? Who wants to do it? Who wants to be the leader? Who wants to do? Well, you lead here and I'll lead there. Now, today, everybody's politicking for leadership. Do you realize that when George Washington was put in as president, that he didn't campaign? He didn't even, wasn't even sure he wanted it. He just said, you know what? That's a job that needs to be taken care of. I'll take care of it. And he became president. Now, look what happens. Praise God. They get downright dirty about it. Fight for it. Why? Amen. Because I'm better than you. Amen. We're, we, we've got to vote a president in, not because we like him or because he looks really good, but we've got to do it for his qualities. 
But God talked about unity. What could we do if we have unity? He knew the importance of unity. He knew that Satan would try to divide them. Do you realize that Satan wants to divide us from one another? The three strands, the Bible said, of a string together accomplish more. Three strands together. God puts three together. He said a cord of three is not easily broken. If God's people can become one, if we could gather together and become one, what could unity do to stop us? The term schism in 1 Corinthians 12.25 means division. It is God's will that there be no division in the body of Christ or in the church. Nothing weakens or hinders the fraction, the function of God's people other than division. Jesus prayed with his disciples that he, there would be unity and purpose in the church. First of all, he said unity, one in unity. Second of all, he said one in spirit. The third of all, he said one in purpose. The fourth of all, he said one in eternity. Praise God. He wanted unity. The prayer of Jesus said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, we have our differences and we have our opinions and we come together, but they should not divide us. We should be one in purpose. All Christians share the same desire, and that is to have the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God. We ought to be one in spirit. You know, the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, they were gathered together and they were in one mind and one accord. We cannot do that today because we come with too much division. We understand the oneness relates to God. God is not only, you know, we understand the oneness of God. Oh, yeah, we understand that really good. Amen. We understand the oneness of God. We'll fight for that. Praise God. We understand his oneness. But do we understand the oneness of spirit? Praise God. The oneness of his spirit. When we all come, you know, when we all come together, we need to get out of the flesh and get into the spirit. That's how we become one. The elderly is one with the young. The poor is young or is in unity of the rich. Why? Because we're all in one spirit. That's what happened in the New Testament. They all became one spirit, and so they all were unified and came together and all was as one. That wasn't so much of the financial end. It was in the fact of them unity in spirit. And I will say I really appreciate the unity of this church and how we are together. Oneness of God is right doctrinally, but oneness of spirit is right spiritually. Think about that. They that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. We can worship him in the Holy Ghost, but if we divide ourselves from one another, then we're not together in doctrine. How many times have we prejudged or come against our brother? Let me just say this. If your brother or your sister has a problem with God, that is not your problem. Praise God. That is their problem. And God needs to take care of that. 
Because the Bible said, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask. It shall be done unto you. Do you realize that why this scripture is not working for us? It's not working for us because we're too divided. There's too much of a division. Praise God. The word agree here is translated in the work means harmonious. It's like a symphony that comes together. If that symphony is going to work, everybody's going to have to be unified. And everybody does their thing when they do their thing. And if God's church is going to move forward, that's what's going to have to happen. There's going to have to be a unified where everybody comes together. And the bass player ain't louder than the rest of the playing. Praise God. Amen. we got to come together as a symphony. The body exists as many members, but there's a unity to it. For my hand to come up and touch my nose, my arm has to be in unity with my hand. Otherwise, if the arm's going to do its own thing and the hand's going to do its own thing, then my finger is not going to find my nose. And if God's church is going to do that, then we're going to have to be together in unity. Praise God. And the way we do that is to come together in unity of the Spirit. Isn't it amazing how you can go to a church in another town, sit down, never have met the people in that church, but because the Holy Ghost is there, you say, I know. I feel good about where I'm at because I'm unified in the Spirit with my brothers and my sisters. We're all different. We're poor, we're rich, we're different color, we're different education, we're different everything. And do you know that that all is equal to me? It's the same thing. It's just difference. Praise God. But we've got the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, and that unifies us and that brings us together. What kind of service can we have if we would just come to church, shut the flesh off, and turn on the Spirit? And say, Lord, I am unified with my brothers because we have the same spirit. We might not think the same. We may not be the same. We might not struggle with the same things. But, Lord, that is none of my business. It's not going to cause me to be divided with one another. I'm not going to be so wrapped up about what someone's not doing or what they are doing. Praise God that it divides me. You know, when we first started the church, I was attacked over Christmas. And I stopped the person. I said, look, don't we believe on everything else? Yes. But we're now fighting about Christmas. <laughs> I said, and there's a lost world out there. It's going to hell because they don't have everything else. Praise God. You know, amen. We've got and once again, it takes two to fight. If somebody wants to fight with you, you don't want to fight with them. Just say, great, and move on. Praise God. If somebody wants to be petty, you don't have to lower yourself to their pettiness. Just great, move on. If somebody has an opinion of you that's not good, that's fine. Just great. But you know what? I'm going to say this because, you know, isn't it amazing how someone 
can say something, and I, I want to stay out of the flesh and stay in the spirit when I talk about this, because it happens to every one of us. But isn't it amazing how you can have that shield of faith up? But for some reason, someone that you've trusted, you can put that shield down, and they send that error of saying something to you that just really can't seem to get it out of your spirit. It just bothers you. It drags on you. You got so many good things going. You got so many compliments coming in. But you got that one thing that they said that you just can't seem to shuck. Ask God to take it away. Come to the realization that I am not going to let this one thing control me. And another thing you can do, if you're struggling to love somebody, start really praying and fasting for them. If you struggle with unforgiveness, start praying and fasting for them. Put some time in. I promise you that will get out of your system. I've often told you the world can look so bad and I want to fast for the world and it's not but one dinner and I think the world don't look so bad. <laughs> and if you struggle and you want to put that flesh under subjection, you start praying and fasting for them. And I promise you that flesh is going to say, uh-uh, this isn't the direction I want to go in. Do you realize your flesh will take you into areas you don't want to go? Praise God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. We don't wrestle. When that scripture's talking, it's talking about other flesh and blood. But you fight your own flesh. Do you realize there's nobody around you that can hinder you or mess you up or bring you down like your flesh? It is your number one problem. It's not what people can do to you. It's what you allow your flesh to do once they do it to you. Praise God. Amen. But we're all equal in the eyes of God. Amen. Let's all stand. Dear God, we love you, God, and praise you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this message, asking you, Lord, to let us rest today and come back and worship you in unity tonight. God, give us a great service tonight. God, for the, the amount of power that's going to be here is going to be determined by the amount of unity that's here. And God, we're going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?